0: Because you care about being correct Mm -hmm. with the facts in your stories, do you need to start with with a correction?
1: (sighs) I fact-checked myself, Pete. I really screwed the pooch last episode. I didn't get stuck in Newark. I wasn't at EWR Airport. I have to recant what I said and apologize to New Jersey. I was stuck at JFK, our nation's capital.
0: Named after the one guy who might have more brain damage than you
1: oh nice i was trying i was trying to think of an assassination joke for this and i was it was just slipping my mind one because i lost my mind a little bit there for
0: a second i wonder if it's too soon to make jfk jokes it was like 1963 really five yeah but what's the rule on that what did south park say when aids became funny i think it was less than 30 years yeah it was like i think 20 ish or something like that. that's fine and nobody cared about cartman when he had aids
1: I make I make uh, I was gonna say another thing about another friend, but I I won't. With AIDS? Uh, Yeah, I was gonna make a joke about that, but that was has not been twenty
0: years. (laughs) You gotta wait a little while before you cartman him.
1: But I make jokes about stuff like that all the time. But anyway, yeah, So JFK, I got stuck in JFK Airport for a long time. It wasn't EWR Airport, but also still screw that airport. Still a crap hole. Still, yeah, still the worst. But so I got stuck in DC. But the reason I got stuck in DC. Uh, not the reason. Anyway, I was going to Spain, Pete. That's the, that's the important part of this story is I was going back to Spain.
0: We still don't know if you made it, but. I barely made it. Yes. To Spain? Yeah. Are you sh- well, I suppose there are. There are photos on the Instagram. Jake Oman 2012 is where that lives. There are photos there substantiating your claim. Mm-hmm.
1: My mom actually today did make a joke when I said something about Japan. And she's like, I'm pretty sure you're in Des Moines. Thanks, yes. mom. Because I explained to her the whole ongoing joke, the mainly your joke.
0: (laughs) It's true about how you check in at Britain when you're supposed to be gone.
1: Yeah, I should have all I should tell all my international friends to just keep checking me into places overseas. That way it says I'm in like Munich today and I'll just go with it.
0: If that could happen at least once to where somebody checks you in overseas and then I take a selfie at Britain Tavern with you, be like, what the hell?
1: I'm like, that's three years old. That photo is three years old.
0: You're holding the paper.
1: Who, oh, dang it, there was, a, there was also another thing that the other day at training. I made all the guys, our training facility is about a mile, mile and a half south of Lucas Oil Stadium. So I had us jog most of the way to Lucas Oil and then all the way back. Now, as we were coming back to the building, two other dudes showed up late and they came in we're like, what do you want to do for the warm up? I was like, oh, you guys get to jog all the way to Lucas Oil Stadium now. And they're like, "Oh, okay. And then they left and another buddy of mine, one of my other students, Logan ran with them and kind of to hold him accountable. But I think he also just wanted to do, go for a little jog. And I was joking with Blake in the ring. We're like, he's like, yeah, you should make them go take a photo of himself with the Peyton Manning statue and then jog back. So we know they actually made it the whole way. And I was like, Maybe we should make sure they, they stop and get a newspaper a Speedway on the way and they take a picture with the Peyton Man statue and today's newspaper and then jog back.
0: Yeah, what if they just Uber to these places for the photo? though?
1: Well, and then Blake said if they're really smart when they're running late, what they do is they just pick up a paper on the way and then take the selfie with the Peyton Manning statue and then they show up to training late and it's fine. <laughs> People go that, they're far, that far out of the way to lie about certain things when they could have just done it. It's like the movie Slackers. Sweet reference. I love that movie
0: but that does happen all the time. Or you have this really elaborate excuse and you're like, no, this is, this is why they're going to think it's true. I have this level of detail. It's like, no, you're really just compounding your lie. I didn't really care that much, but now that you have so much backstory about this excuse, let's go. One of the keys to a lie is too many details. I don't think you volunteer them all at once though. I think you just think of a couple and you give an explanation. And then if people really care, you're able to answer those questions. But like this guy that we know, mm-hmm. the times he got pulled over when he would uh, enjoy adult beverages, he would always say, Well, yeah, when the cop asked me how much to drink, I'd always, I had to drink. I'd always say, Well, I had three drinks starting at this time. So over the course of these times, I had these beers at this ABV. So I should be fine.
1: That's a lot of detail.
0: Right. And I'm like, yeah. Do You think you're over explaining that particular situation makes it seem like you're more sober, my man? Cause I don't we would immediately begin some field <laughs> sobriety test.
1: So what should someone say in that situation? <laughs>
0: Enough. You just say, you know what I mean? Enough.
1: Like I had three drinks over like the last five hours.
0: Well, I, I would just say I had a, a drink or, I give. don't say a drink or two because then they want to specify, but just say, well, I had this many drinks while I was out. All right, how long were you out? Or when did you leave or something is usually the follow-up. So they'll get the information from you to establish the amount of time. Mm-hmm. But there's always going to be follow up questions. Yeah. You spilling all of your guts right up front makes you seem real, real nervous. Yeah. And now I want to know why you're so nervous.
1: Yeah, that's probably a reason. Mm-hmm. I was like when I got pulled over and they're like, Hey, why are you nervous? I'm like, Well, you pulled me over. I that doesn't happen to me.
0: When I first started kind of kind of that line of work, that was my question. I go, What How you do you mean know? is drinking heavily? Absolutely. My adult beverage career. Which is not to be confused with my adult film career. Two different things. Different. Same
1: stage of your life, though.
0: Absolutely. How do you tell normal level of nervous versus like hiding something nervous? And the answer I got from three different officers was, you figure it out pretty quick. And I'll be damned if they weren't right. There's a level of like nervous, but somebody still interacting with you kind of normally. They're Mm -hmm. just a little hesitant and worried versus like, they won't look at you. And they're like... Shaking. Ah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's not normal. That's, that makes sense. That's a little excessive. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah. yeah. So make sure you get your tremors out before you get pulled over, man. Yeah.
1: So you know what would have been, been a great time for me to start drinking when I was stuck at JFK Airport for seven hours. That would have been a great time. I see why people drink at airports.
0: Did they offer anything complimentary for your weight? Same no, much,
1: nothing. They didn't. I almost, I almost asked though. I, I almost started like saying some stuff like that to try and see if I could get something. Cause yeah, I was starving. I had to get food in the airport and airport, which is
0: real reasonably
1: priced. Yeah. Airport food is stupid, expensive, uh, except there's a law in Pittsburgh. Did you know this? The Pittsburgh airport, the restaurants can only charge the regular price of the same restaurant in the city of Pittsburgh.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Dylan told me that maybe a year ago cause he lived in Pittsburgh and he said when he flew out of Pittsburgh, he liked getting to the airport really, really early because he could go sit down and relax, have a, have a drink and have dinner and prepare for his flight. And he didn't have to worry about paying an arm and a leg for it. How cool is that?
0: I don't think it was New York, but it might have been New York. Some restaurant or bar or whatever took heat for charging like 40 bucks for a beer. And they're like, you know, you've got a captive audience in an airport, but 40 bucks for a beer is real excessive. Mm-hmm.
1: Dude, I mean, most airports I'm in, it's insane. Uh, somebody actually told me that they only redeem their Starbucks free drinks and stuff like that is when they're at airports, because if they go to Starbucks a lot, the stars still add up and then they just use those free drinks for the airport ones because it doesn't matter what the price is. You still get your free Venti drink or whatever. That's legit. So it actually saves them money if they do that. But yeah, I don't want to spend five fifty dollars for a black coffee that cost me two fifty dollars somewhere else let alone $40 for like two things at McDonald's that would cost me
0: 10. I think the only advantage to getting coffee at an airport is the amount of people getting it. I imagine your coffee's fresher just because they're burning. Oh yeah, it
1: that. has to be. Yeah, it has to be.
0: But I don't know if that makes it worth double. No, it doesn't
1: at all. So, and I hate doing that. Also, actually it's the beginning of my trip. admit meant I probably burned through some of my stash of bars and protein powder because I had a small stash to start the trip. Anyway, Your boy had to fly from IND to JFK, two hour flight, right? Also, this was two weeks before the Squared Circle Expo, where I'm the champion. My buddy Ed was like, Hey, dude, will you do a radio uh, interview that day with ESPN? So I'm like, Sure, man, what time? He said, 2 45 p.m. This is on a Wednesday. My flight, in theory, was going to land at 2 43 p.m. So I told Ed, I was like, Yeah, man, I'll gladly do it. But I will have to call in like right as I'm getting off a flight and it might be a few minutes late. He's like, okay, man, well, we'll just hope your flight's on time.
0: That was the answer. We'll just hope that the gods are smiling upon us that day.
1: I think what he thought was, ah, oh, shoot, this isn't going to happen. It's going to be late, but you know, I can't be pissed at you for it. But we, we you know, arrived pretty much on time. It's two forty-five as legit, the door of the plane opens. So people are filtering out. I call in, I stand up. I open the overhead bin, try to grab my backpack out with one arm. By the way, it's shifted. You got to be careful about that stuff. The warnings are true. Yeah, you got to be careful about that. So I had to one arm it though because I have my phone in my other hand. And they're like, I'm like Jake Oman. This is, I'm calling in. I'm supposed to talk to somebody. I'm really famous. And they're like, okay, wait a second. So I'm putting my backpack on. And then as I'm walking off the plane, they're like, hey, Jake Oman, thanks for calling ESPN radio. You're very famous. And then tell us about the Squared Circle Expo. So I, I tell them about that for 20 minutes.
0: You let them know that you are the Squared Circle Expo?
1: I am the Expo. I'm also the Expo champion. Then, Pete, the fun started. Two hours later, about 4.30, I board my plane. Supposed to leave at 5.15 for Barcelona, Spain.
0: From Spain or to Spain?
1: To Spain. JFK to Spain. To JFK to BCN. We're supposed to leave at 5.15. We're hanging out on the plane. At about 5 p.m., the plane is full. Everyone's already on. And then they say, oh, um, we think uh, we have a mechanical issue. So we're going to have tech come out and check it out. They'll probably be here in 30 minutes. So we're all just hanging out. 30 minutes rolls by. Nothing. Pilot comes on. "Uh, Hey, guys. uh, Yeah, so we, uh, we appear to have an electronical issue. Uh, going on here. So the uh, the tech is about 20 to 30 minutes away, and then it will take them about 20 to 30 minutes to diagnose the problem. We'll let you know. By the way, uh, FAA regulations state that nobody is allowed to exit this plane. So uh, please make yourself comfortable.
0: Buckle up, mother effers. You're, yep. you're here for the long haul.
1: So I think I put on some TV show or something. At least I could watch the in-flight entertainment. Then <laughs> about 45 minutes later, they're like... Uh, yeah. So they just diagnosed, uh, diagnosed the issue. Uh, they need to see if they have the, uh, the replacement part in the warehouse. Um, they should know within the next 20 to 30 minutes, by the way, FAA regulations state that you're allowed to leave the plane, but you're not allowed to reboard the plane. If for any reason you need to leave the plane, uh, you can, however, you'll not be allowed back on the plane and you'll forfeit the remainder of your ticket.
0: Why did they give always the extended period of time. Why is it never like ordering Chinese food where you could order 50 pounds of food or two pounds of food? And it's like, Oh yeah, 10 minutes. 10 minutes.
1: Yep. 10 minutes. Don't tell me this happens a few more times until seven 30. Was this like when Earl was about to take stage? This was exactly like when DMX was going to take stage and every 30 minutes they told us something that alluded to 30 minutes away for hours, actually same amount of time almost. Because the DMX made us wait four hours. this These people made us wait uh, three. 7.30, they say. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are going to have to ask you to, uh, to leave the plane. Uh, this plane is uh, no longer in commission. It's uh, not safe to fly to Barcelona. Uh, by the way, here's a phone number you can call. Uh, American Airlines Reservations, 1-800. And they give the number, but they don't tell us what to tell them. It just says, so maybe you can see what uh, you can do about uh, still
0: making your trip to Spain. Did they give you that bull crap? Like, I remember when you fly American airlines, your family or something like that. I
1: don't think so. Uh, I I don't think they gave us on this, on this one. So immediately everyone pulls out their phone. I'm like, Oh, son of a whatever. So I pulled out mine. They're like, Hey, we'll call you back in 30 minutes, automated message, you know, put you in line. We'll call you back. Get off my flight. We're back in the airport. Uh, 30 minutes later, I'm or an hour later. So I missed their call. 20 minutes later, they call back. I would explain what's going on to the woman. I'm like, hey, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. They just told me to call to make sure I can still get to Barcelona. She's like, oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, though, to help you. So I'm like, okay, well, I just really want to get to Barcelona. Um, can you make that happen? And they're like, well, it still looks like your flight's supposed to leave. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't think it's going to. She's like, okay, well, it's still scheduled. And I'm like, yeah, but I hear them talking right now. And it doesn't sound like it's going anywhere. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what I can do.
0: They're very helpful. How often do you think they hear that? It's like, we got to wait for your plane. Well, I don't think it's going to take off. Well, I appreciate why they'd have to wait for it to be canceled. Mm -hmm. But that is kind of funny. If you're just actually, uh, the engine's on fire. I can see it right now. Well, sir, they haven't canceled the flight. So we got to.
1: Yeah, the the plane exploded on the tarmac. I'm surprised they haven't evacuated this terminal.
0: Right, It's a real problem. Uh, You know, there's six feet of snow. On the ground, I, I can see it. Oh, yep, there's a gentleman out there with a plow truck. It doesn't seem to be doing a darn thing. Yeah. Well, sorry, they haven't canceled your flight, sir. Oh, okay, yeah,
1: uh, yeah, yeah. She's like, well, you know, hopefully it'll still take off. I'm like, well, I guess, hopefully.
0: What do you mean, hopefully it'll take off? He just said it's mechanically unfit for air travel.
1: Yeah, I was like, well, all right, so whatever. Then, actually, at that moment, I did something which was kind of fun. It was the most fun part of this experience, which was I just went ahead and looked at the departure board to see what other flights were taking off that night from JFK to Europe, to see what other cities they might go to. Because I thought about just approaching the American Airlines counter and saying, hey, can you put me here instead? I'd really like to go to Poland. Is that an option? Which I do. I really do want to go to Poland. That's on my list. Actually, Poland is super high on my list now as a result of this trip from the end of the trip. But I'm not going to talk about that today. That's a story for another day. Of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? A lot of things haven't been stories for another day lately.
0: That's true. I'm glad we could bring that back.
1: Yeah. So I'll explain that later. Poland, I'm in love with you. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess there's a flight to Rome and there's a flight to Madrid and there's a flight to there's somewhere else. Cool. I was like, you know what? What if I just asked him, Hey, is there any chance you can send me legit anywhere in Europe? Like to any of those flights? Surprise me. That didn't come up. Obviously. Uh, They eventually announced, hey, go to another terminal. This is your new gate. You're going to have a new plane and that will take you to Barcelona
0: with like a brand new plane. You guys are the first to fly in it.
1: Yeah, they made it during the time. They were also trying to repair the mechanical issue with our old plane.
0: I'm the guy who always argues that words matter. So sometimes that's fun to me when I'm a jerk. I'm like, wait, a new plane. A new, yeah. Well, a different plane. That's not what you said. You no, said I, a new plane."
1: I like what you're saying. I like, I like semantics here. It's a very important words matter while they uh found another plane that we could use uh that we hustle over the gate and they're like, hey, I'll leave ten 30. It didn't. It left at like 1130, but we still got on another flight. Um, That's super interesting. I thought like, Hey, what if I just went somewhere else? Cause I would have missed the two days of coaching in Spain. I would have missed a payday, which would have sucked, but it wasn't a show. So it, it would have been fine. Like at the end of the day, it would have been okay.
0: What even qualifies you to instruct anyway?
1: That's true. That's a story for one more day later. <laughs> I eventually get to Barcelona, but instead of getting there at 6 a.m. the next day on Thursday, I get there at 1 p.m. So I missed a little bit of my day, which is what it is. Um, so I did some tourist stuff. Went to Satan's Coffee. That was cool.
0: In principle, having condensed time at whatever your destination Mm -hmm. is sucks. Yeah. But in retrospect, when you look back, how much of that trip did you forget? So it's like, would you have done anything memorable in that like seven hour span that you were there? You'd like to think probably so, but would you have? So I don't know.
1: Yeah, I can't say for sure because there's times where I've been in a city for a week and then times I've been in a city for a day. And I felt like I got almost as much out of that day in a city that I did in a week somewhere else, which is, a, is definitely a thing that happens on the, I didn't give myself too much wiggle room here in Spain at all. Cause I was going to get in 6am Thursday morning and then I was going to leave the 6am Saturday morning. So it was going to be 48 hours, which I thought was a pretty good amount of time considering I was going to have two training sessions to break up that, that day, those two days. Um, but look, I'm I'm glad I'd been to Spain already because I knew one or two things I could do that I would really enjoy or places I wanted to go just in the, that now day and a half I had.
0: The coffee you had to have.
1: I really want to go to Satan's Coffee because I didn't get to go to Satan's Coffee Cafe last time I was in Barcelona and it's the most popular coffee joint, Satan's. It's a hot place. They know how to brew a bean. They know how to burn it.
0: Did they have light roast, Or they're like, no, you don't understand what we're doing here.
1: Yeah, this is another one of those places we were talking about that should have only black coffee. The only yeah. option is black.
0: Do you have any cream? And they
1: just get out. Yeah, what? Let's go. No, I think you want to go to Starbucks, <laughs> <Right>. noob.
0: <laughs> right. In fact, we put little lumps of char- well, charcoal briquettes on the bottom so your teeth, when you leave, are black. That's what we do. I like that. That's heavy metal.
1: Uh, but yeah, Satan's Coffee was great. I actually, so I go to all these different coffee joints. I hardly ever tell the difference in taste anyway, right? But Satan's coffee is great. Side note, there is one place that has trash coffee around here. And I hate to say it, call them out, because I like the place. It's Square Cat Vinyl. Square Cat Vinyl's coffee is awful. I feel like when I go in there to wander around and kill some time and meet with friends and stuff, that I need to get something. Mainly because one day I heard the dick uh, owner talk about how if people are going to loiter, they should buy something. And so now I buy a coffee when I go in, but their coffee is trash.
0: And you'd think, well, they do other things. So coffee is not their main business. I yeah, suppose. they have, I
1: mean, they have a good amount of bre- uh, beers, locally brewed beers. They don't brew them, but they're from all the other places in Fountain Square Mass
0: Ave. Coffee can make or break a place more so than I think people realize. And it doesn't have to be outstanding. But if you have a decent cup of coffee, restaurant, whatever, like an after meal or while you're waiting or just even a hotel. I hear people talk about, oh, last time I stayed there, they had great coffee. This has nothing to do mm-hmm. with your your room or the yeah. amenities or anything else. It was like, oh, man, they had great coffee. People remember that, and I couldn't tell so you weird. why.
1: Yeah, I think it's like that romantic infatuation with coffee.
0: Well, the sensory, you know, you smell it yeah. you taste it, and that ties to the experience. Yeah.
1: It also doesn't make sense because it has to be in the way they somehow brew the coffee because it even had a sign that said, we proudly brew Tinker Coffee. Well, Tinker Coffee supplies a lot of the coffee joints in Indianapolis – So I know it's not the coffee. Right. You know, there's plenty of places I have Tinker coffee and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's great. And the guys that work there are cool. I like the Tinker guys. I've met them a bunch of times. Tom Tinker. Is that his name? Is there a Tom? I'm trying to remember the name of the guy I always talk to. It's a weird name. It's not a name. It's just, it would seem like a nickname. Like it's a symbol. It's like Dweezil, (laughs) like Dweezil Zappa, but it's not Dweezil.
0: Now I can think of his Polly Shore and his whole weasel bit.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah, so anyway, I went to Satan's Coffee. That was dope. Uh hit up, you know, Last Sergata Familia and some of the other places. Oh, the most important place, Aldi. I hit up the most important place.
0: Is it still called Aldi there? Oh yeah.
1: Aldi's are real big in Europe. And it's the best place to go to get budget food. And it's the same exact gimmick as here. Whereas, you know, you you have to pay for your bags and pay for your cart and stuff. There's also another place in Europe called Little. It's L I D L. it's 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 exactly like Aldi show it. Love
0: similar letters too.
1: it is. And even the logo looks very similar. I thought it was called LDL for years until I realized that the stylized logo, there's a tiny eye in it and it's little,
0: the comic sans really threw you off. Comic
1: sans is what you want to use for every graphic.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. It makes yeah. you look professional.
1: My graphic designer, ex-girlfriend loved comic sans. I believe it. Yeah. She was a professional. So uh, I go to training. Uh, training was dope. I saw some uh, classic faces. I saw some new faces. Uh, we did some real cool stuff, man. I tried to give them completely different stuff than I did last time. Um,
0: you taught them all the 619?
1: Obviously, I told them the 619, the 317. And then uh, the one of the cool things was at training and then after training, we're all hanging out. And I, in my mind, was saying, like, who all do we have here? And it was, there were a handful of Spanish people. There was a Venezuelan, a Chilean, a Russian, and an Andorran, which makes this kid Marty maybe the only Andorran professional wrestler in the world.
0: He had quite the goulash of folks there.
1: Of, it was the goulash of folks. All these dudes just got thrown into the pot of Barcelona. And they ended up in this building for the perfect wrestling goulash.
0: Did you make magic?
1: We made all sorts of magic. Oh, and I'm American. I was there too.
0: I've checked his credentials. He's American.
1: I was. I had people more united than NATO in this building, right? I had an American, a Russian, a Venezuelan, a Chilean, some Spanish people, and an Andorran. How many times have all of those countries been at the table, Pete?
0: I think you should save that for your album.
1: Andorra <laughs> is always understated in the world geopolitical climate, and you know it.
0: I have more people united than NATO. You might have to tweak it a little more bit. More united
1: than NATO. That's the title of this episode. <laughs> I'm going to forget what to title you of this absolutely episode, are. and you have to remember it was more united than NATO. You know, Andorra doesn't even have an airport. You can only get there by bus from Barcelona. You could probably get
0: there if you had your own plane or helicopter.
1: I don't know. It's mostly mountains. Helicopter. Yes, for sure. Helicopter plane. Maybe not, but you have to be coming from Barcelona or Southern France and you have to drive.
0: They got water there.
1: Oh, they have mountains.
0: Well, but I'm thinking it's sea plane. You don't need runway with a oh, seaplane. No.
1: There's no, there's no water. It's a It's a country sandwiched in between Spain and France.
0: Are they baby Switzerland?
1: Uh, much babier. Yeah, much a much smaller version of Switzerland.
0: But that's why they're not a member of NATO. They're protected by mountains. I wonder and are if. Yeah, are. I
1: highly doubt they are a member of NATO. But I'm curious. I think Spain and France just protect them.
0: It's like don't don't pick on our little brother or sister respectively.
1: Yeah. I want to even say there was something where sometimes like ownership gets transferred, not ownership gets transferred between the two of them, but for six months out of the year, one country protects them. And the other six months, the other country protects them. It's part of the divorce decree. Yeah. Like <laughs> they split, but they still talk sometimes and they want the kid to like them both <laughs>
0: shared custody. So two Christmases, all that.
1: Exactly. Oh man, I should have asked for the kid's Andorra passport. I wonder if he has an Andorran passport. He has to. Why? Well, and he's not Spanish
0: or French. Well, people know. I Same thing. Like in theory, you could travel to Puerto Rico, and they can travel here. I mean, they're a commonwealth. You don't need a passport. Is a, yeah, it's true. It's a really good idea to have one, though. I would strongly suggest but having you a know, passport. In truck. a
1: lot of countries, there aren't birth, birthright citizenship. Isn't a thing. You know, the United States is very rare. Like, if you're born here, you can get a passport here. But some other countries, you can't.
0: You got to show your, prove your loyalty.
1: Yeah, you do. You have to prove your loyalty or you have to live there. You have to take tests. You have to really say, I am dedicated to Spain. And then they're like, okay, cool. We'll give you a passport. Don't screw it up. (laughs) Because we will kick you out. And Spanish passport, by the way, has a lot more power in the world than other passports do. Really? Yeah. Because my friend Carlos, he is half Spanish, half Filipino, but he lives in Denmark. And with a Filipino passport, which he can get, He has no power to travel pretty much anywhere because poor countries, those passports don't get allowed into as many countries because people think that they're going to stay there illegally as an illegal immigrant. But the Spanish passport has a lot of power behind it, and the Danish passport has a ton of power
0: behind it. So it's not just Canada being pricks with the whole state your purpose, and then you need a work visa and all this stuff, because if they think you're going to overstay your welcome in Canada, if they suspect it. Yeah. They don't let you in
1: for sure. Canada. Yeah. Canada is harsh on it. Canada's ridiculous. Yeah. Real harsh on letting you in. And technically the color of the passport means it's, uh, there's a variation of like ease of travel. So like we have blue passports, which is like a middle of the road thing. But if like you have a red passport, I'm sure I think that's red means you get to go into most countries the more easily than others. It's pretty interesting. Actually. I think Filipino passport might be green Ew, ew, gross. I know. Undesirable. And green is like, you can't come into this country.
0: Ooh, we have a travel warning. That warning is green, if you know what I'm saying. No guapo.
1: No, no bueno, no guapo. Uh, Even though uh, Carlos is very handsome. So anyway, but yeah, I brought together most of Europe with America here, right? So if Canada strategically attacks me, then Andorra has to come to my rescue, all 12 of them are going to be real pissed, but they'll be coming. Yeah. They just have to drive to Barcelona by bus first to get on a plane to fly over here. And probably through JFK, they might not make it in time.
0: You might be waiting. Yeah. yeah.
1: So uh, I stranded with all my boys, uh, at the end of the training, uh, I hadn't booked a place to stay. because uh, I was hoping someone would let me crash with them or I could stay in the building. And then Jeffrey who runs the place was like, Oh, Hey man, uh, you want to hang out for a little bit and we'll grab some food. And oh, by the way, where are you staying? I'm like, oh, I, I don't know. I was like, I think I just got a cheap hostel if I need to. He's like, oh, well, you can stay in the building.
0: Did you really say if I need to Did you throw that in there?
1: No, I think I said, oh, I was thinking I'll just grab a cheap hostel. You know, no big deal. And I said it that way. Like, oh, uh, you know,
0: Yeah, can't you can't be desperate, man. You got to make it sound like I got options. So whatever.
1: Yeah. And he's like, oh, you know, you can stay in the building, right? The last time I was there, they put me up in a nice hotel, a very nice hotel for five or six nights. I had told him I would totally have stayed in the building to save them that much money. And he's like, no, no, no. You have to stay there. We have to give you a good first impression.
0: Yeah, but now the first impression's Yeah, done. this is
1: the second impression. So they don't care
0: anymore. <laughs> this is sloppy seconds.
1: Yeah. He's like, oh, you can stay in the building. He's like, Anarco stays in the building. Who's another the Chilean guy. And I was like, oh, okay, because there's a couch in the building.
0: Does Anarco live there?
1: Yes and no. I don't think Anarco lives anywhere.
0: Well, that's what I mean. Does he just live in the building? I think
1: Anarco is a gypsy. He's a Chilean Spanish gypsy. But he does stay in the building a lot of the time when he's there. But I know he also stays somewhere else in Spain. Because the first time I was there, he had to take the train some distance to come to Barcelona for a few days. Is
0: it prison? Was he on work release?
1: Uh, he... He looks like he would have spent time in prison. Great neck tattoos. Yeah. So, uh, also, and he travels with a couple huge gear bags because one of them is full of nothing but different materials and his sewing stuff because he makes gear for people. And he can make gear everywhere. It's remote. (laughs) So, he travels with this gigantic bag so he can keep making gear, so he can keep making money, so he can keep being a gypsy. How cool is that?
0: It's terrible.
1: It's cool. <laughs> it's real cool, Pete.
0: Same thing with van life. People are like, oh, you save all this money. Cool, right? You spend $150,000 on the van, and you think it's romantic, and you're going to you know, cook everything or whatever, if you're going out to eat for every meal, and the van needs repairs, and plus you need internet to work remotely for your job. You're not not actually saving that much money unless you're really mechanically inclined.
1: I spent $1,700 on a 91 Astro van in 2003, Pete. Look
0: $1,700. Do you have a kitchen in there?
1: No, didn't need one. Do you have a crapper in there? No, didn't need one. Shower? No, didn't need one. Did it even run? I, I could shower at college, I could gym at college. It ran for a while. Until it died several years later and didn't have brakes. And then Scott and I had to drive it 30 miles with no brakes.
0: Right. The question then becomes, so why did you decide, you know, to to stay where you're at? The van broke down. I don't have money to fix it. So I'm just a resident here now.
1: Yeah. But since there's wheels on it, I'm not a bum.
0: Right. I'm not transient. I'm a motorist. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. See, exactly. It's an RV. It's a recreational vehicle. I do all sorts of recreational stuff in here. I write
0: in here. I read in here. In fact, hey, you want to come back to my van and do do some work? I do that in there,
1: too. Yeah. It's also a procreational vehicle. (laughs) A PV. Was that, like, personal vehicle? Yep. (gasps) Close. That's it. Mm -hmm. They say I can stay in the building, which is awesome. So we went and got some food, and we got these burgers that are only rivaled in deliciousness by Kuma's. I don't remember the name of these burgers, but, man, they were awesome had like probably a full avocado on that sucker and an egg.
0: You can't get away from being a hipster douche, can you?
1: No, never, brother. <laughs> I'm only getting more into the hipster lifestyle.
0: If there's a way to put some cotto on there. Let's do
1: it. You want Okay, you want to know more about me being a hipster? The next day, my buddy Ricky Barcelo came and we went to lunch and he took me to a vegan Chinese place. That was hipster.
0: What do you even get at a vegan Chinese place? Noodles. Then it's a ramen place. And
1: they were. It wasn't ramen. It was some different noodle. Then it's crap. So the only thing it had non-vegan on the menu had an egg in it, and I actually did get the thing with an egg.
0: Did they shame you? But
1: then we had vegan chocolate brownie. Uh, no, I think I hope Ricky probably did.
0: I also kind of struggle with that because if the egg was never fertilized, I guess you're eating a thing. You're eating the contents that could grow into a thing. But if it was never going to be fertilized, same thing with like honey. Mm-hmm. Honey's not a life. It's just produced by bees. Mm-hmm. And you're like, nah, that's like indentured servitude. That's not cool. Is it?
1: Is that their argument?
0: I don't know. I oh. just know it's an animal byproduct. Oh. And I don't even think it's a byproduct. That's an animal made it's product made from the animals. Yeah. yeah, but they're like, nah, we can't do that. Hmm. They were going to make it anyway. They're not using it. Just it, eat the honey.
1: Interesting. I need to yeah, I need to look that up. Honey and vegan. We got to <laughs> look that up in a minute. Uh, so I end up sleeping in the ring. Uh, By the way, it was freezing. It was so cold in Barcelona that night.
0: Why'd you just borrow a blanket?
1: See, and Arco had two blankets and he was sleeping on the couch and he was like, you want a blanket? And I was like, nope, I don't want to take one of your blankets because you stay here often. It's on me to have a blanket. So I froze in the ring because I slept in the ring.
0: I have in my car one of those Mylar blankets, Mm -hmm. the reflective blankets that'll keep you warm. They fold up to be this big throw a couple of those in your bag that's not how they're not that small yes they are can't be that small they are pete made a size of his fist reference this big no way they would fit in a not a tiny wallet they would fit in a bifold a billfold
1: it's a blanket that covers all of you yes no it's not
0: absolutely is (sighs) and they cost fractions of a dollar
1: fine i'm gonna look this up i don't believe you but i'm gonna look it up but yeah so i froze to death in the ring pete (laughs) One of the cool things about it, though, was as I was writing before I went to bed, uh, I was flipping through my notebook and I just read a few pages from when I was in Europe at the end of 2019, October of 2019. I was in Copenhagen and that night I was talking about how the night before we set up for the show in the building for our Danish show that night. And I slept in the ring because a handful of the dudes were going to stay there. And we set up the ring and all the lights and equipment until like 2 a.m. And then we just crashed in the ring. And it was amazing. The two times in my life I've slept in the wrestling ring.
0: Once with a lot of dudes and once on your own. Yeah. Once on your own, once by yourself.
1: By my lonesome.
0: English is hard.
1: Yeah. It sounds like a country song. There's a country song in there somewhere.
0: You don't even remember the title of this episode. NATO. That was
1: part of it. Yeah. So I slept in the ring. It was freezing. Also, it's not a comfortable thing to sleep in a ring. It's just a cool thing to say. It's not comfortable.
0: What are you talking about? Pro- I know for a fact that pro wrestling rings have like the same consistency of a trampoline. Yeah, it's like if a that pillow. that much give, it's,
1: yeah. The WWE Performance Center has a, a pillow ring. One out of the seven it's because
0: football players are delicate
1: that's true they are delicate little flowers uh, so this ring especially was not comfortable to sleep in uh, but it was it was still fun uh then uh day 2 uh met up my buddy Ricky we had vegan chinese food i did some other tourist stuff and then uh went I to talking about whores whores yes vegan whores
0: I was just thinking about touristy things. That means that he found female companionship. I don't know why I did air quotes for female companionship. That could be the name of the
1: episode, female companionship and quotes. And then uh, day two of training came along. Uh, when I was outside waiting uh, for somebody to come uh, unlock the door, uh, this dude came up to me, who I guess is their coach uh, 30% of the time, this Canadian dude in his forties. And one of the first things he said was, hey, what qualifies you to be here coaching? Which was just a perfect way to introduce yourself to me. And I'd be like, oh, maybe because they flew me halfway around the goddamn world to coach. Maybe that's why I'm qualified, old man.
0: What's Social Security like, prick? Yeah. What are you, like 42, 43?
1: And you know, like, he ended up being an okay guy, but uh, he did not get off on the right foot with me because of that asinine statement. Uh, and then he was one of those guys where every single thing I said, he had something else to say about it.
0: If you were more knowledgeable, though, he wouldn't have to fill in the blanks.
1: It's true. If I hadn't just been leaving out such important parts of the subject. And then he also, every single role I had them do, every stretch, every everything, he ran over and wrote it down in a notebook. Like he went out of his way to run over and write it down in a notebook and then jump back in line. I'm like, dude, do you not realize how that comes off? He's like, well, it's, you know, I want to be a better coach. Uh, I like, yeah, or you want to steal everything from me and act like you know what you're doing?
0: But he, you're not even qualified to be there. So,
1: what's the deal? Well, now he's gonna try and get coaching gigs everywhere, steal all my shit, and then be like, "Yeah, I'm qualified to be here." Also, he had this. He had. Uh, he's like, "Yeah, I want. You want me to show you some of the drills I have the guys run?" I'm like, "Sure, man." And one of the drills he showed that he has him do all the time, it was stupid. It was real dumb. Like I hated it. Why would I have my dudes do that drill? It was dumb. Canadian duck duck goose. There were, there were lots of ducks. There were reversals of the whip. There were strikes. The, the, the drill made no sense. But whatever. Coach Marius knows better than me. I didn't want to tell everyone I thought he was a stooge because he might still be one of the better trainers they have around. So I didn't want to destroy his credibility on my way out.
0: Just so you know. Stooge. See you all later.
1: Yeah, if anyone listens from Spain, I don't think any of the dudes listen from Spain because uh, no one's grasp of English was great. Uh Maybe Ricky, because Ricky's my dude and he'll support me and whatever. But yeah, the dude does not know what he's doing. So that pretty much rounded out my time in Spain uh, for this other trip. And then uh, we got done training hanging out. And then I decided I would walk to the bus and go to the airport at like 1130 that night instead of trying to get up at 430 in the morning to take a 5 a.m. bus to train to hopefully get to the airport before 6 a.m., for my flight to Amsterdam. So you I just,
0: just didn't want to freeze in the ring again. You could say it.
1: So part of it actually, I thought is the airport might be warmer than the ring and it was. So I got, I cleared security and everything by you know a little after midnight, found a nice chill place to crash in like this coffee shop area. And it was a lot warmer than the ring was. So that actually ended up turned out pretty well for me.
0: And when you woke up, people had stuffed money into your shoes.
1: No, they actually stole my shoes. <laughs> Yeah, they actually stole them.
0: That would be hilarious, but that would also suck. It'd
1: be so funny. I couldn't be pissed. As long as I didn't lose my passport or cell phone, which I, anytime I'm sleeping, I have usually my stuff attached to me or under me in a way where you can't get to the important stuff, right? Like even I will strap my backpack in like a way like around my legs or something. That way if someone's messing with it, I wake up. But I'll always have my bag with like my phone and passport tucked in to like my hoodie. But if someone stole my shoes, that'd be funny.
0: You keyster your passport and phone, don't you?
1: I would if I had to. (laughs) Actually, it would be really funny if someone stole my legit shoes and I had to go the next week of my vacation, wearing my wrestling shoes or my wrestling boots.
0: Or you just have, where did you even find burlap sacks to put on your feet? Didn't have shoes, man. Yeah,
1: I didn't. I don't know. That's what the restaurant at the airport had.
0: Are you wearing trash bags on your feet? Because it's raining outside, I didn't have shoes. Hey, my but. feet
1: aren't wet now, so who feels dumb? <laughs> okay, not me. Yes, Pete, that was, a, that was my trip for a return to Spain until the very end of this trip when I had an 18-hour layover at BCN Airport.
0: Where surely they let you into the executive club for refreshments.
1: They didn't. Uh, they didn't like me sleeping there the second time, actually. But hey, the first
0: time was cool. Yeah, it's usually the callback that's the difficult part.
1: Yeah, yeah it's the second one. Yeah, so that was uh, that was Spain. I got a lot more Europe to talk about. Maybe we'll throw some of that in there. But I've been doing a lot of cool stuff lately. I was also a stooge at Impact recently. Um, I was also a stooge at AEW recently. I've uh, been a stooge a lot lately, Pete. An unqualified stooge.
0: Find yourself on your back a lot recently.
1: I've been on my back a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, until then, uh, we are at Off the Cliff Pod. I'm at Jacob in twenty twelve. Pete is at Multimedia Hustle. Uh, also, your dude. Jake Oman is doing a Creative Mornings Indianapolis on Friday, May 27th. So if you're listening to this and there's still tickets available, you can hear me do a TED Talk in Indianapolis just off Mass Ave on Friday. So that's a a cool thing to keep in mind. I'll definitely be talking about that later.
0: And it's just a short jaunt away from Carb Day. You know, a little TED Talk, a little car racing, good to go.
1: Yeah, and they might even have donuts at Creative Mornings, which means some carbs before Carb Day.
0: Carb loading will be important that day. Mm-hmm.